Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Believe Duke Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Williams, and co-host, Steve Wiseman. Sheldon, it's good to be with you. Um, uh, it's been a few weeks here. We've been uh, enjoying the summer a little bit. Hope you have. Uh, just to remind our, our listeners that uh, our podcast, Believe in Duke, is sponsored by Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So since we last talked and everything, I guess I'll go ahead and jump into what I've been doing, you know, the last couple of weeks and everything. So on my bucket list, I've been wanting to do one thing, which is go to all 50 states. So I had the opportunity. Um, I, I did my first, I did my uh, Sheldon Williams Foundation event in Oklahoma City, which we're going to kind of parlay that into a Sheldon Williams Youth League because they took out a lot of the sports uh, for kids in elementary school. So I'm kind of giving them a, a way to, you know, play sports during mm -hmm. the the school year so you're not doing anything so after that event i had a kind of about a about week to eight days of just some free time since i was already in the middle of the country i was like you know what there's two things i haven't done on that side of the the country i've never been to idaho so i went to idaho went to boise was able to actually look at the boise field even though they had it locked off i couldn't see the blue field so uh -huh. i'm kind of upset about that part but then i went down to yellowstone and I was able, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah Yellowstone. And uh, yeah. I flew into uh, Montana, which I've never been to. So I knocked out 48, 49 states for me. And then I drove down to uh, Yellowstone through uh, Wyoming. And then I wind up going to the Grand Canyon again as an adult. And then I went to Zion uh, National Park, which is in South Utah. And I kind of knocked out my all outdoorsy type things <laughs> with that trip. And you've hit all 50 now, is that right? No, I'm at 49. So the one state I have not been to is Vermont. That's okay. the one state I have not been to. We got to get you there. We got to <laughs> get you there. Like when Duke plays up at BC this year in basketball, you got to come up and like just drive up to Vermont. Just, just drive up. Right? The only thing is they always play during the winter time. So I don't want to be fighting no uh, bad weather, you know, <laughs> any snow or ice on the road. That's the only thing. So I'm trying to figure out what's going to bring me to that last state besides, I guess, what was it? Maple syrup. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. Maple syrup. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Big old pancakes <laughs> and stuff. Well, listen, right. that's funny you say that because I, I, I'm now up to 42 states. I hit, um, I was in Boston a couple of weeks ago and my family and I drove up into Maine. I'd not been to Maine. So okay. I got to check off number 42 and uh, have, a, have a nice meal with lobster and all the stuff you eat in Maine in the summer. Beautiful time to be there in the summertime. Talk about Vermont. We'll go to Vermont in the summertime. That's what you got. Okay. Do. Okay. Well, that's, that's what I heard. I've only been to Maine. Um, if it wasn't for me coaching in G League, I would never went to Maine. So we were playing in Westchester, which is upstate New York. And we yeah. drove through New Hampshire to uh, Portland, Maine. 
So I was able to knock off New Hampshire and Maine and was able to play in Maine and everything. So that's why I kind of knocked off those as well. And you know, in case anybody was wondering why I knocked off Maine and New Hampshire, but not Vermont, yeah. that's why. <laughs> he drove around it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I got to follow your lead and get up to the upper Midwest. That's a lot of the states I haven't been to. Montana, Wyoming, um, the Dakotas. Actually, Oklahoma is one I haven't been to. So I've got to find a way okay. to get there. So I'm sure there's plenty Not of stuff. A lot of people see. have gone to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little bit better now that we have an Oklahoma Thunder and everything. But now a lot of people, it's like, you know what? I just want to go there. I mean, yeah. outside of us having the Sooners, you know, having the football game people don't really want to go to Oklahoma as much. Right. Right. Well, I'm, it's on my list. It's one of my, I got eight <laughs> States left to go and that's one of them. So okay, I'm going okay. to get there, but I guess all this traveling stuff, both of us did, but um, a lot of people came traveling to Durham mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago for the K Academy, the big fantasy camp that coach K puts on every year. Um, it raises, it's just, I think this was the 18th edition of it this year. It raises a lot of money uh, for the Emily Shevsky Center, which does a lot of outreach uh, in the education area for, for kids in Durham Public Schools. I think right. they service 2,000 students right now, Coach K said, which is amazing. And, and also, it, um, it helps uh, raise a lot of money for the program, for the legacy fund, things like that, that endow uh, salaries and scholarships and things like that. So just a great deal. It's kind of a, it's a reunion of the program, of the brotherhood, right? I mean, you, you were there as a player, uh, and then you came back some of your years in the NBA. Just tell me, what are some of your memories of coming back for, for K Academy and what it's like? Yeah, so I was kind of sad that I missed it this year, especially with it, you know, being Coach K's last, you know, year to actually be, you know, coaching Duke and everything. I know he's still going to be doing the K Academy after he gets done, but it was kind of sad that I didn't get a chance to do that um, just because I had this trip already kind of planned. But during my time, I want to say when I was a freshman, this is one of the stories that kind of sticks out to me. Like when I was a freshman, I was always told that, oh, we got Fortune 500 CEOs and, you know, owners and things like that coming in. And I'm looking because we know every team has at least one current player on the team, as well as a former player as coaching team and everything. We over here watching Wojo cuss these people out. And I'm over like, these are like Fortune 500 CEOs. I'm sure they've never been talked to like this. And they were over here eating it up. Like they getting treated, if they do something wrong, they getting treated like a Duke basketball player. And they were over here loving it. And that's the thing I was was baffled because I was like, okay, we do something wrong. You treat us like like that. You know, we 18, 19 year old kid and everything. But you over talking to, I don't know, billionaires, you know, like that type of like. And you over, you know, cussing them out and everything. And whatever they're doing wrong, they just chewing them out, chewing them out, even in the film session and everything. It's just like being treated like one of us. And I was like, I was really thrown back by that. That was my first experience with that. And I was like, really? Like, you have people working for you, hundreds of people working for you, and this is what you're doing right now? And they're paying $10,000 to come here yes. and, and get treated like that. That's, that's yes. what they want. <laughs> yes, what they, is that? That's want, amazing. <laughs> yes, they want to be held accountable for things that they're not doing, whatever. I, I, and I get it. Um, you know, you having a, a sports dream, I get that point. But I was like, man, at what point is is it a little bit too much? Like, I mean, I'm like, is it <laughs> overlying a little bit, just a little bit? 
Right. But it, it was crazy. Like I, I seen that up close when I was a current player, and then I came back as a as a former player, and I was able to talk to some of these guys uh, on more of an adult level, and just kind of chit chatting with these guys. And it was, it was cool because all the other um, camps that are kind of related to like uh, K Academy, they go up every year. Coach K has been the same price from day one. And like you said, he was 18, it's his 18th year and everything. Mm-hmm. It's been the same price. He's never went up. And that, I think that speaks volumes of just what who Coach K is. It sure does. And, and and those guys, you know, you see a lot of the same faces every year that come to it, right? They start coming back, they come once and they they, they do that. And then also they may um, decide to give money, you know, in, in addition to this, you know, fundraiser, they may contribute to Duke in another way. And it's really about like building relationships and building, making it part of, they're all part of the family. Right. 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 And, and coach K, I did get to spend some time with him last week. And, um, and he talked a lot about that, especially now that he's at the, you know, the end is near for his career. Right. But he said, mm-hmm. my whole building this program, is all about relationships and, and making it like a family and they're part of our family. And so I love what you said about them, you know, getting cussed out by, by Wojo and everything, but right. it's, kind of it's family, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of piggyback on that. He was talking about it being big on family. When you are there for five years, it doesn't have to be straight years. If you go to the camp for five years, your name on a Jersey is hung in the Cameron Raptors. Like how cool is that? Like if you are a fan and you go into the building and you see your name, your number in the Raptors next to all the other Duke guys that's in the Raptors. How awesome is that? And then on top of that, they give you a framed jersey to take home so you have it with your kids and, and, and your family. Right, how I'm not sure how other people do it, but that touch right there alone, I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. And that's what, that's what makes it special. It's personalized, right? Everything's personalized. Right. Just like, you know, I know that Coach K sends birthday cards, handwritten birthday cards to ex-players, right? So every year. And that's another little touch that, you know, people forget that he does. But, yeah, it's really a cool thing. And, you know, I've been here since 2010, so I've been around for a few of them. Didn't get to do it last year, you know, because of the pandemic. Everybody missed out. And this year it got pushed back to August. Normally it's in June. But, yeah, he was really excited about, about it, you know, being coming off again and the, and the way it went. And, and it just, you know, I mentioned earlier, the, the Emily Krzyzewski center, which, you know, the growth of that thing, they just, they raised an extra $18.8 million during the pandemic and started construction on an expansion of that building um, over there off of Chapel Hill street in, in Durham. Kind of ironic that it's Chapel Hill street, but that's, that's I, the neighborhood. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he said they wanted to show, I said, why did you do it like during the pandemic? You, everybody's cutting down and, you know, hunkering down. He said, we need, we wanted to show strength. Like we're expanding during this. This is a tough time. People need our help. We're going to expand. And so that's one thing this thing raises a lot of money for. And this again, about family. And because it's named after Coach K's mom. And then the the money that's raised for the program too, is, is what he was telling me last week was, you know, it used to be all for the Emily K Center. And now it's like endowing scholarships, endowing salaries, so that when he's not the coach anymore, which is next year, the program can maintain the level it's at, and it won't have to rely on, you know, the school to fund it all the time or what's going on with, you know, 
it would be taken away for another sport at Duke, right? I mean, he wanted to be kind of self-sufficient. And I guess for somebody like you who's been in the program so long, that's got to mean a lot knowing that he's put so much into it and then it'll continue on even after he's you know, no longer the coach. Right, right. I mean, again, like I said, that's just the guy he is. Like, that's just the man he is. I mean, he's been preaching this family atmosphere for a long time. And then that came into what we call the brotherhood, where it kind of just went from being something small to all of a sudden is blossoming into this big, huge, you know, event. You know, you see it tagged on all kinds of social media. Even the newer guys are now, you know, buying in to that fact of brotherhood. So it doesn't matter if you played back in the 80s or you're playing now, we all are connected. So when we actually see each other or at least, you know, cross path, we have Coach K as a connecting, you know, tie for all of us. So we all know each other. And when we come back to K Academy, you get to know each other on a more personal level versus just, you know, seeing people in the in the stands during the games or just kind of seeing like jerseys on the on the, uh, the Raptors, you know, that type thing. So it, it just speaks volumes of how he wants to continue to protect what he's been building over the last, was it, uh, what, 40 years? 40 years. 40, yeah, 40 years? It'll be yeah. 42 next year when he goes, right? When he, yeah, yeah. When he steps away. Um, <laughs> He's going to maintain the same office uh, that he has now, he told me. Um, okay. So he's still going to be on campus, you know, on a regular basis. He's going to be an, like an advisor to the uh, ambassador, I think is what he called. But like he'll still speak to the Fuqua Business School and the medical school and whatever President Price or whoever's president after President Price wants Coach K to do, he's going to be around. So I think he's not going to be, I talked to him about retirement. He's like, he's not, I'm not going to be like wandering off, you know, into the, into the wilderness. <laughs> he's still <laughs> going to be right there on campus. So um, it's going to be a big deal. And uh, um, I did want to transition real quick to uh, another one of our sponsors, uh, uh, Balance 7. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7. And that's what has helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. Couldn't agree more with Lamar. After watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is we got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now. If you go to the website, balance7.com, balance7 with the number 7.com, and use the code BLEAB, believe at your checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. The products retails at $13.99, so I say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com balance seven, and use the code B-L-E-A-V, believe, at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. Yeah, man, it's all about getting ripped and, uh, and staying getting physical and staying strong, right? So um, even right. as we get older. <laughs> Especially when we get older, yes. <laughs> that's right. Um, and that, you know, that's one of the things that, again, that Coach K and, and the staff has talked about 
uh, last week when they met with some uh, reporters than when I was able to meet with Coach K uh, in his office was uh, they feel like they have a more physical, stronger team this year. Uh, not just Mark Williams, who you know is going to you know, be strong in the in the post, but mm-hmm. um, Theo John, the grad transfer from Marquette, um, uh, Paulo Bet Panchero. Yeah, Paulo, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. six six eleven, six ten, two fifty, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even Moore, six seven. Yeah, you got Winnemore who's six seven uh, on the wing. Uh, you know, Kills being a point guard at six four. Um, Joey Baker, you know, he's 6'6 as well. So, I mean, they got a lot more height for this year and as well as more muscle, you know, like we talked about earlier, because, you know, last year they were almost almost like waiting to get hit. Now this year they can impose their will on players and teams right away instead of trying to like, you know, we wait to get hitting them out before we're going to react. Now we're going to hit first now and then keep hitting. Yeah, even uh, you mentioned Trevor Keels at 6'4. He's also like 220, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, DJ Stewart last year was a pretty good scoring guard at the perimeter, but I think he was around 190. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't 200 pounds. Right. And, right. and as the year went on, you know, he kind of wore down a little bit, and especially defensively, he couldn't hold his own a lot. And, and not just him, Jeremy Roach was smaller last year. He's put on some weight in the offseason. Um, I know last year, Matthew Hurt, remember, he put on like 20 pounds of muscle. But still, he's a, he's a thinner guy, and it, when he got in the post, right. it, it helped, but it wasn't enough, right? So right, right. this year, um, you know, again, Mark Williams should start at center, um, and Theo John will back him up. And what I've heard about Theo John so far is he loves to set screens, loves it. Hey, I know from experience, I was as a screen setter at Duke as well, and you have so many athletes on a on a wing that can shoot the ball really well. If I do a good job of setting that screen, not only does he get open, but if they cheat out on him, I got a free range to maybe for a, a free dunk going on. So I want to make sure I get a piece of my man. Plus, you know, me being kind of a macho guy anyway, I want you to feel me when I'm out there on the court. So I was loving uh, that, you know, when he said he likes to want to, you know, set screens and be, a, you know, a really good screen setter. I think that's going to be, very good for him just because he's going to get a lot of points just from doing that alone. Yeah. And, and, you know, Mark Williams really came on at the end of the last year and um, he's going to be counted up for even more this year. Now, now, you know, Paulo Banchero is going to be, you know, the best player on the team, probably the leading scorer. He's looking like probably be the number one pick in the draft next year, the way things are, are kind of projecting everything. But I want to talk to you about Mark and, and what, you saw from him at the end of last year and how as he moves into his sophomore year, that jump from freshman to sophomore year, you know, what do you think he can do even more now with the knowledge he has after playing one season in the Duke system? So I was thinking about this the other day and I'm kind of going back to how my progression was when I was in school and I'm not sure what it is, but for some reason, the bigs take a little bit of time before they kind of get going versus like, you know, the guards, they seem to, you know, go right away. And during my freshman year, I was kind of up and down that first half. And then that second half, I caught a game against Virginia at Virginia and had a really good game. And then that kind of propelled me into, you know, who I was going to become later on. And I want to say Mark 
was similar to this where it was a few games before um, ACC tournament even started. We saw that turn for him. We saw him kind of getting it where he's setting screens, he's slipping screens, he's over here uh, going to the basket, he's being an interior force. You know, people seeing him out there, and like, oh, I can't go up for a layup because I know he's going to block the shot. We saw that turn for him, and he started exploding those first few games before ACC tournament started and then through ACC tournament. It just was unfortunate that COVID stopped Duke's team last year, but it was exciting to see because, one, I'm always favor the bigs because I'm a big, so I'm always going to favor the bigs. Sure. But, yeah. see, but seeing that progress and taking it into this summer where he already has this momentum and he's feeling good about himself, now it's all about him trying to add to his game. All right, I got to take right then the last part of the season and see if I can add to it, whether it be a consistent go-to move, whether it be – I pick on more weight so I can make sure that I can handle whoever's, you know, going to be physical and, you know, with me. So I haven't heard from him um, since uh, I want to say in the season. So I'm not sure what he was actually, you know, planning to work on, but I'm, a, I'm very excited to see what his progression from in the last season to this year. Yeah. He's really somebody that, you know, again, Paulo is going to be the best player on the team, I think, again. But um, not, not that they're going to build the things around Mark, but he's the centerpiece. When you have him in the middle, as you know, again, you just talked about it, the impacts things on both ends of the court, setting screens, you know, slipping, you know, going. I know in the Louisville game, the last game they played last year, he had two or three times where he slipped the screen and got a pass for a dunk. You know, he's wide mm -hmm. open. And mm -hmm. that's just – that. those are easy points that you're not relying on a jump shot. You're, you know, right, right. You have that to count on. And – I just wonder how, because uh, Paulo can play, he can play on the perimeter, play inside. You can have a seven-footer and a 6'11 guy, you know, a 6'11 guy with range. And then A.J. Griffin is 6'7", 230 uh, at, at the at a wing. And you mentioned right. Wendell oh, Moore. We didn't mention him, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah. right. That, that's, you know, there's a guy with experience, right, who's ready. He's ready to win. I mean, he hasn't been in the NCAA tournament. This is third year at Duke. Like, what is that, right? That's un unheard of. And and right. <laughs> he was somebody that we as media members were able to speak with last week a little bit too, was Wendell and, and what they're what they're striving for. But you know, I just think it's really going to be exciting to see how how it can all come together and how with with that kind of size, you know, what they can do, right? Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, um especially with how basketball has become a little bit more positionless. We have a lot of people, similar range of height, where they can play multiple positions. So no matter if teams throw big lineups or a small ball at us, we're able to go ahead and play either way. And that's what thing that I think is really good about this team, because we couldn't really do that for last year's team. We only can play one way. And on top of that, it kind of hurt us a little bit when Matthew Hurt were getting foul trouble and didn't have that next guy kind of step up and give us what we needed, that type thing. So I think that this year we have a lot more weapons this year. It's just a matter of, you know, of us trying to figure out if we can sit here and continue to build on what we did last year and trust each other, we will be able to go against 
you know, the Louisvilles who were, you know, really good last year, you know, you know, these type teams in the ACC, you know, Florida, you know, Florida State's always going to be good. You know, they're always mm-hmm. a great defensive team going against, you know, those type teams and still be able to grind it out. Cause a lot of times it's not going to always be pretty. That's, that's how it is. You know, especially against teams like Florida State, it's not going to be always pretty. You're going to have to, you know, roll your sleeves up, roll your shorts up and just grind it out and make it, you know, do what it has to do. Yeah. And that's where like being a, being a stronger team can help. We talk about offense, but defensively, right? Um, imposing your will on the perimeter with the guys, like I said, who's thicker, like like Trevor Keels, like, you know, Wendell will be out there, Jeremy Roach. Jeremy Roach and Trevor Keels played high school ball together, right? They're looking forward to teaming up again. They already had that chemistry. Like, chemistry when they play, already, yeah. yeah, I mean, on offense especially, but even defense, they know where each other has got to be, and they can, you know, uh, work at it that way. And the idea is to keep, keep the guys on from driving to the basket and having those straight line drives. Uh, but if it does happen, you've got Mark Williams back there to clean it up, right? You know how to, right. you know how to clean those up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the plan. I mean, knowing that no matter what goes on in front of you, they know that the next guy behind you will have your back. And I think that's going to be the, the thing that they need to make the biggest step in where with the defense, Everybody got to be on the same page. And if somebody does slip by you, knowing that, oh, you can't have your head down because I trust my teammate to have my back and I go right to his man and we go ahead and continue to pick it up like nothing ever happened. Right. Well, it's just a few weeks now. I mean, uh, we're to the point in August where uh, every, all the kids are on campus. Um, I mean, the freshman uh, basketball players came to campus in early June. Mm-hmm, They've been mm-hmm. working out together for two months now with the veterans who got there in later June for second session of summer school, but like school starting now, like regular, you know, fall semester classes. Right. Um, they start practice next month. Um, you know, um, you can start in late, late September, early October. So we're not that far away. And now we know the first public event will be October 15th, counting ahead of craziness. Uh, there's going to be an exhibition with Winston-Salem state on October 30th. I know that in between that, they're going to play a um, a scrimmage with Villanova. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, up in D.C. Instead of playing that second exhibition game, you could do the secret scrimmage, you know? Oh, so yeah. no fans allowed then? Or? No fans allowed in that. That's how that works. Oh. You can, it's secret. They, we're not okay. supposed to know about it. So I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm in parentheses right now. Okay, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay 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 um they can't publicize it they can't Exclusive. put out any stats yeah they can't <laughs> um they can't televise it they can't put any clips out on social media but coach k and jay wright have decided they're gonna they're gonna have a little secret scrimmage because he wants to see coach k wants to see how this team lines up against a veteran team a top 10 team like villanova you can really you know get a get a handle on what you've got he right. picked four then by playing, you know, the division two national champion or like, you know, uh, Winston-Salem state, something like that. So right, um, right. that's going to be interesting when they, it, when they it, it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I'm kind of sad that it's not going to be televised. I would like to see that game. Cause I think it'd be a really good game and everything, but yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, uh, having, you know, your team year after year being younger and younger and being able to actually go against a team that's been established within the last, you know, 15 years where, they are veteran, really quality, blue collar, you know, hardworking guys. I, and that culture that Jay Wright has built, I think that'd be an awesome thing to do for, especially for 
you know, um, a scrimmage. Instead of having like a, a game in New York, you know, during the, uh, you know, Jimmy B class or something like that, whatever, where you get surprised early on. At least you now know what you're going to be getting into a little bit before those type games. Right. Because then, you know, first game of the year is against Kentucky. You're jumping right into that, right? Jump right into it. And we talked earlier about the non-conference games when, you know, you're going to play Gonzaga, you're going to play Ohio mm-hmm. State. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you don't want to be getting punched in the mouth like that. You got to be ready. So, right, right. I think they <laughs> will be. So, anyway, um, that'll be good. And, again, I want to remind everybody that our, our podcast, uh, Believe in Duke, is sponsored by uh, Bet Online. So, if you have a feeling about uh, – about how the Blue Devils go to do in those early season games, you can go ahead and put a wager down on them, right? Go to right, right. Online. <laughs> yeah, and also as a sponsored by Balance Seven, so uh, make That's sure right. you put the code in B L E A V Believe at the website Balance with Seven with the number dot com. Absolutely. So uh, I will say, um, you know, my employer, the, the Raleigh News Observer, Durham Herald Sun, uh, the the interviews that I got to do with Coach K last week. We're going to be doing a series of stories during the season uh, as part of his last, you know, last go around here. So um, that'll be, you can look for that coverage at, uh, at newsobserver.com or heraldsun.com. Uh, that'll, we'll start running those, um, you know, probably sometime in September and we'll have them all the way through. Uh, the plan is April, right? The plan is for them to be in April and uh, uh, playing all the way into the final four. So we'll see how that goes, but Sheldon, it's good to talk to you again. I'm, I hope all of our listeners enjoyed the podcast. Go ahead and uh, uh, give us a like on there, right? And uh, give, us, give us a good review and tell us what you think about it. And uh, uh, we'll be joining you again next time on uh, Believe in Duke. Yeah, for sure. Like, let us know uh, what kind of topics you want us to talk about or anything that you have on your mind. Um, you can follow us at our own handles and everything. So mine is Sheldon Williams, uh, Sheldon with E-N. I'm on... Uh, Twitter and IG. So just hit me up and uh, we can uh, go back and forth. And if it's good enough, we will talk about it in, uh, on our next uh, podcast show. Yeah, absolutely. You can hit me on Twitter at, um, at Steve Wiseman NC. That's uh, Steve and then Wiseman, W-I-S-E-M-A-N-N-C uh, for the state I live in now, North Carolina, which I love uh, being the triangle and working up here and covering <laughs> Duke sports. So again, yeah, yeah. Let us know what kind of topics you want to hear. We're glad to discuss them and uh, and keep everybody informed as this uh, we go through this special historic season of Duke basketball in 2021-22. Thanks, Sheldon. No problem. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.